Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. D&D 201. My name's Niall, I'll be your DM. And I'm Morgan, and I'll be your DM. And our goal here is to help you, DMs, to do that thing, DM. And uh, if you're a player... (laughs) (laughs) What? Just very well, very well prepared that. I enjoyed that. That is what we're doing. Yeah, I know, but we're going to help you do the thing. Yeah, Yeah. we're here, we do a job, you're going to be doing a job, you want to help with that job, so we're all here talking. I mean, me and you are talking. You're listening. But if you're talking whilst... You can't talk, that's I've done it before. Have you listened to a podcast and started chatting along? Talk back, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's a really funny picture that encapsulates my mood for podcasts, which is as a poster of a group of people chatting. There's like a guy sat next to the poster laughing along with them, and that's the feeling I get (laughs) from podcasts. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And if you are a player listening to this, fuck off. Leave. Um, We've told you many times. This is not the first time. We will throw a Tarask at you. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Moment of silence, the player's just killed by Tarask. (laughs) No, no, I refuse to go Moment of loud. Yeah, moment of maniacal laughter for all the players that have been killed by a Tarras. Fuck you. Stop reading my notes. Right. Stop looking over. I mean, have you seen the have you seen my players on a Thursday? Like the computer's behind them. Holly will literally turn around and look behind her at all my notes. I'm like, I'm like, Bishwa. What Bishwa? are you doing? You don't like, just don't look. Go away. That's the simplest. But I get, you know, the person sat opposite. Yeah. I get that. Do you know what I mean? It's I, right over her shoulder. Yeah. But why are you turning around to look? Stop. Like, that means you're actively looking. I get like, I quite like the look of a player that is like accidentally looking over your screen. Just absolutely see you look at the goof. And they look straight forward. <laughs> like, I promise I wasn't looking. It's like, good. You know your place. <laughs> I really don't care about the screen at all. Like, I'm more like, if you want to ruin this story for yourself, go for I it. I really do. I couldn't give less of a it shit. It would be funny to have notes, which was just like pictures of naked people nothing else so when they look over like what the fuck is going on I might do that next time yeah. I might just draw loads of dicks and tits or something <laughs> really in depth like, like, like really detailed with like shading and everything <laughs> give them a little eyebrow wiggle oh yeah oh yeah you you know, you know what, what I'm into saw, you know what you saw <laughs> dicks hey, and tits hey can you roll a, a d6 for me <laughs> Uh, and I'll give you D's nuts. Wait, <laughs> anyway, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, NPCs. Yeah. Non-player characters. I uh, asked you that like I didn't know. Yeah. I, that, but, was, that was well, very... Well done for breaking the conceit of the podcast. But oh, yes, yeah. That, shit, <laughs> that was the point, I thought. But, yeah, NPCs. <laughs> the actual important characters in the game, rather than the players. <laughs> <laughs> rather than the players which just get involved and distract my story. <laughs> Oh, God. Brilliant. Yeah, NPCs, man. Yeah. I'm super excited for today. I really love making NPCs. Yeah. It's my favorite things to do. I enjoy making an NPC. I enjoy making bare bones NPCs. Like the- well, I enjoy the-, the in-depth ones that you need. Mm. But something I really enjoy is making like a real, like on the fly, very small NPC, which wasn't meant to be anyone. Mm. And then three sessions later, it was like an integral part of the story. But yeah, I do. They're my favorite part of the game. They're, they're cool. Like, I guess this is your main job as a DM, really, is to create other the world around the players. And a big integral part of that is other people, because, believe it or not, players aren't the center of the universe. It's full of guys. You're, and I, this is an interesting thing. I know this is kind of off topic, but it's... I like... I've been meddling around a little bit with building my settlements as NPCs and giving them some of the same qualities of an NPC. So, like... Very clever. When you're going through the kind of things it would be, so like, what's their appearance? What are their personalities? Because a city will have a fit. In the real world, that's not really how cities work. There's an no, you, no, you are 100% there's right. There's an atmosphere. Cities them, do but have being, one, yeah. They do, but being like, you can be more specific, like this is a shady city where people are pro this or they all think that. And you can kind of lean on that and it gives you a guide then when you're building the NPCs within the world, are the NPCs with or against it? So like Barovia, for example, that's the whole setting, which is a really dark and shady NPC, which is going to attack you at any moment. And literally a, yeah exactly but then the, <laughs> a lot of the npcs within there match it but then there's some that kind of go against it so that's yeah. just a quick thing if when you're building npcs that doesn't necessarily just refer to in my mind at least the actual peoples within the game yeah it's it's super cool like npc stands for non-player character that's mm-hmm. what it actually stands for and essentially 
these go from m- monsters are really technically NPCs if they've got enough character to them. Do you know what I mean? And like mm. you say, a city can have character to itself. A yeah. god is an NPC. All yep. these things. And there, there's a lot of them, most likely, in your world. Because I'm sure there's not only five people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, as much as your players people. like to believe there's only five people that are important in the world. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's an important thing as well. Depending on your setting, if you want your players to be the world's protagonists, maybe the NPCs are like not as important. But something I think is always really enjoyable is when your, MP- your players are like not the most important people. There's far more important stuff going on yeah. around your players that comes into contact with your players. So it's good to have at least a knowledge of how to build NPCs. So you can build in-depth ones that are integral to your campaign, but also you have the ability to build good ones on the fly, like very quickly. Um, have you, yeah, we'll get into that. Have you met Blaine? I have met Blaine, yeah. Blaine's a really good DM when it comes to creating NPCs that are yeah. more important than you. Like, he just knows how to... We, we recently just, like, Blaine's my forever DM. Like, he's my first DM. Well, he's not technically my first, but he's the guy that we, we played with a lot and a lot and a lot, and he just DM'd for years. Technically, I'm his first DM, which is oh, kind of which is yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I see him as my forever DM. <laughs> and um, Blaine's really good at, like, creating... He created this NPC that we found frozen in ice who wasn't sure who she was, but she knew that she needed to get somewhere. And when we got to that place, um, we found this like dragon scale armor with this spear and she immediately grabbed it and like donned it and remembered who she was, Mm -hmm. which was an ancient queen of dragons from a dragon war. And we were like, what? And Hmm? she was like, yeah, I'm I'm, like going to bring back the age of dragons now. And you're like, oh, oh. And we were like, okay, um, why don't you calm down? Breathe. Why don't we see, you know, because the Age of Dragons is long gone now, mm. you crazy bitch. So <laughs> instead of destroying the world and subjugating humans to dragon rule, why don't you just like have a little walk around a little bit, you know? Just vibe out. Just vibe out. And we were like, we actually know a dragon and they're pretty cool and they're not all about taking over the world. And she was like, there's a dragon. And we're like, yeah. She's like, well, I want to see this dragon. I was like, okay, cool. So we took her to meet this dragon and they had this conversation that was essentially like, you're a coward. You know, how could you let them win? We we would win if, you know, we will win because the war's not over and we would have won if you'd have fought rather than being a coward. And then she she was like, all right, I'm off to, I'm off to go do my thing now. Oh. And she started walking away, sauntering. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a, a big hint to you, but as me, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is, she's just walking away now. And she also told the dragon who was our friend she was like right guard me do you know what i mean if they try to kill me stop them with a whistle and essentially he paralyzed us with a breath weapon and we had to fight through it and we had to show that we weren't attacking her but he didn't want to do it but he had to because she's the boss she's the queen of dragons and we found out from that that essentially she's very fucking powerful Mm. and me and another player had this option now do we fight both of them because we're players and or do we let this go and you know my mate was like he's a barbarian uh paladin funny mix i know but good fun barbadin barbadin um or a plablarian <laughs> palabarian why did you get plablarian i really like the idea of plabarian plabarian but um I, you know, we had to say we actually just fought a white dragon not so long ago, and that fucked us up. That fucked up the entire party, bar me and him. So I was like, "Do you really think we can take on an ancient dragon and whoever this crazy woman is?" You know, and he was like, "Hmm, for now, <laughs> we will we will have peace for now." But that was just such a good way of. Do you know what I mean? He he literally put us in a dragon encounter yeah. with an adult dragon, then put an ancient dragon in front of us. And the NPC that could control it, yeah, and that let us know where we sat on yeah, the hierarchy yeah, yeah, yeah. of power. Like, Here, down, down there, I can't really see yeah. you, but you're down there somewhere. And she sauntered off with yeah. his exact words. So that was just a really cool way of, you know, and and he's just really good at creating like characters that that have authority. That's good for a that man with none. Poor Blaine. <laughs> uh, no, I love you, Blaine. He knows he's my f- he's uh, my favorite. But um, yeah, it's it's a really fun, really fun things out of NPCs like that mm. that will change. Like I'll be talking about that for years. There's something I really like as well about um, so when you get like a module, right? So you mm-hmm. can take those NPCs that you've got provided with the book, but you can also add a lot more to them. Yeah. Something I really enjoy doing is 
through through RP, but giving my player an NPC that likes them. So I'm running Tomb Annihilation at the minute. We were talking about this just before, but I've got like basically an NPC for every party member because they hire a lot of guides to take them through the jungle. Hmm. And there's one of the there's two Tabaxi, which are cat folk, uh, River Mist, and Flask of Wine. Uh, Flask of Wine doesn't say anything that other people haven't said already, and he always says like the last few words with a whisper. So when they introduce themselves, the River Mist will go, hello, I'm River Mist, and this is my brother, Flask of Wine. Brother, go, Flask, Flask of Wine. <laughs> my players love Flask of Wine, and they would kill for it. And it makes me smile so much. And he's, like, grown quite affectionate to, like, quite a couple of them. So, like, he really enjoys, like, their company. And I'll, like, sit with them and, like, never talks. Yeah, yeah. But, like, started off a bit sinister. But now he's kind of, like, will say, they'll say stuff, and they'll say something really nice backwards, like, back to them. Yeah. He's really affectionate, really fun. And I think it's fun. That really built on who their character was. So once they latched onto him a little bit, you can kind of lean on that, and you'll know if, if I put a Flask of Wine in a dangerous situation that that's going to drive them to want to do something. Um... And it's fun to give like your NPC someone that they'll love, and you're sorry, your player someone they'll love, and then like to give them a player that they get really drawn to. Yeah. So there's a few in the party that you really liked, but then, for example, there's a Tabaxi in the party who's a really good chef, but also is a bit of a folk hero. Oh, cool! And Flask of Wine always likes to sit next to him, eat his food, and doesn't ask him questions, just kind of smiles and sits with him. And then sometimes River Mist will ask questions on his behalf. So it's nice to give like NPCs for your players to love and spend time with, and then build on themselves. Um, In in my experience, I would always suggest that go with the flow of your players. Don't ever create an NPC for your players to love because they won't. No, it's it's hilarious. You'll be like, oh, I'll make the nicest NPC in the world, and for some reason they will hate them they'll hate that i sometimes have to say out like out of character why are you so mean this person's lovely i don't know it's never i don't like you said i don't really do it for him to love because a flask of wine wasn't supposed to be no exactly i had a suspicion that a cat person that would like whisper things after a sister would endear them a little bit (laughs) but it wasn't intentional because he was in the book but then when they did i'm like okay so i can do a lot with this guy now for those Um, of you who played out of the abyss and both me and morgan have dm'd out of the abyss my players, one of my players, well, all of my players' favorite NPC, I think they'll all say, was Shushar, the Kuatoa awakened, the only sane Kuatoa yeah. <laughs> in the uh, in the Underdark. They just loved him. Yeah, they just absolutely loved him. And he, you know what I mean? Like all he did was sort of like was sort of preach kindness and because he's a pacifist. My player's favorite character was a little uh, mushroom folk called Stool who couldn't speak. Yeah. yeah. Literally, it was five minutes, and like he grew really affectionate to one of the characters, and they were like, "I would kill for this little mushroom boy." And it was like consistently, people would be like, "Where's stool? <laughs> is he okay?" In the combat, where's stool? Where the fuck is stool? All right, it's your first round of combat. Uh, everybody, roll initiative. Great, you go first. What are you going to do? Where's stool? <laughs> <laughs> where the fuck is stool? Uh, uh, he, he he's he, behind you. Great. I pick him up and I take him to safety. <laughs> You'll incur five attacks of opportunity. I, I pick, pick him, him up and, and I take, take him, him to safety. safety. You're on one hit point left. Worth it. <laughs> Is he safe? Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, that was basically a lot of the interactions. You should have seen their face when I nearly killed him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so there's some <laughs> NPCs we really like. Um, I suppose we're going to talk about like structured building, the kind of things you want to take into consideration when you are putting them together. I would like to just hit, just on the note of going with the flow with an NPC, if your players are mean to NPCs, good. Yeah, let them fine. be let them be and then give them give the npc that that just gives the npc a reason to to fuck up their plans mm. that that means you've got a rival or or someone who's going to start putting problems 100%. in front of your players because at the end of the day your npcs are are should be treated as if they're alive yeah. and if you if if your npc is designed to not take shit or you know is a certain kind of person if your players give that npc shit then let that npc let them have their downfall like there's no reason to help these people if they're being assholes to you exactly and there's ways we're going to talk about that there's ways you can actually um think about that yeah and track it and track it so you know where they're at because it can be hard right but you there's ways you can track uh where your part is at within yeah. the rule system of uh, 5e so how about in terms of our world of uh what's our world called again cool good cool, cool oh trip. don't ask me that you've got um, the notes though yeah i've got them somewhere hang on <laughs> This is why I asked you to take the notes, so I would never have to be relied on for this. Disgusting behaviour. But also um, clever. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, is DMDing 201. Gildenel? that sounds right. Or was yeah. that the name of the village? I think Gildenel was the planet, wasn't All right, it? sweet. Yeah, sick. I'll go with that. 
Yeah, Gildanel. Yeah. Gildanel. Gildanel. So on a planet of Gildanel, there's many, many people, and we've kind of got we've got our way. And during our campaign is kind of a political intrigue campaign, really, isn't it? The one that we're designing at the moment. Yes. It's yes, very it much you know like based it. on outside nation influences affecting the current nation, where a good king is is you know being usurped by the barons and lords of the lands, mm-hmm. um, which is you know really fun so within that there's loads of loads of p- potential npcs mm-hmm. to create and i think we should what we should try to aim for is maybe like a an npc that the players are gonna come into contact with a lot and they're playing knights of the watch so they're gonna be like traveling up and down the country so my suggestion would be maybe like a merchant npc oh yeah okay someone that you know will help them out literally you know is designed to help them because they'll have magical items for sale and you know maybe they come from a far far away land where not everything follows the way yeah which is quite interesting as well yeah i think that's interesting i also um i I was kind of thinking either that i mean there's so like like you say the classic wandering shopkeep yeah. Um, we've also got someone they consistently have to report into. Ooh. Um, so obviously there are the watchers, they're a part of an organization. Having someone who they have to check in with to keep them updated, who who knows, maybe... Their tower commander. Yes, their tower commander. So it's like they need to check in with them, they need to talk to them. So we've got, I guess we've got a couple of different types of archetypes. Well, let's do both because those, those seem like two very different kinds of people. Yeah. 100%. So let's let's create both. So let's go for the tower archetype tower archetype <laughs> the tower uh, the commander. Uh, no the um there is literally not a um patron archetype so nice. like someone who's like their patron who will not Great. not warlock patron as in like <laughs> group patrons like they're the ones that almost fund their mission kind of thing and there's rules for that is it in uh tash yeah yeah so yeah tashes has loads of cool stuff that's worth checking out and you know maybe as they do more stuff for the patron the patron gifts them with things and allow you know it, it means that they don't just have to rely on um killing everybody and taking all their loot to get cool stuff yeah. it means that as they do good deeds and as they do things that would fit within the order they could gain a higher rank within this mm-hmm. patron's organization very much like the organization kind of climbing stuff that's in the dmg and you get like cool stuff that's um yeah, and I, think that's re- and I think that's really interesting because I think there's something that often happens in campaigns is the players will kill first, ask questions later. Yeah. Which spells like um, speak to the dead don't help. But um, the idea of having, if they're part of an organization, they'll have like a code of conduct they have to do. So I remember someone saying a while ago, don't expect your players to bow because we don't do, like in modern society, we're not, you don't really have that, even though we have monarchs and stuff, like it's, it's, it's a weird thing to bow to someone or to kneel, take a knee, that's a very strange thing to do. Yeah, we shake hands, which is a sign of yeah, equality. Yeah, exactly. So if you're wanting to have that kind of relationship in setting, it's good to have that, like tell your players that, to be like, hey, so in this society, there's this guy, you have a lot of respect for him, this is the kind of like the, the, the protocol um, and stuff like that because there's st- you, know, you hear stories of people like go see the king and the king people say kneel before the king and everyone's like I'm not kneeling before a king but I feel like that's a very like 21st century mindset than how you're the character so make sure if you're having that kind of idea of how NPCs should be treated you talk to your players about that so you don't have an awkward moment at the table when they're like no I won't do that I mean obviously if that's the character decision that's fine but make sure they understand there's that consequences that, to it yeah, yeah and make sure they understand that is I've, I think I've said this on here before if you're playing against type know what you're playing against Boom. so if you know that you're you should know that you're everyone does kneel before the king it's not a drama thing it's not that weird everyone just does it if you don't want to do that that's fine but know that that's a strange thing it's like you. how everyone pays for their bus fare yeah exactly exactly but if yeah <laughs> it's that's, just, that's a really good I mean? example you don't yeah. just get on the bus without paying yeah you know i mean you don't just see the king without kneeling it's, yeah exactly it's, it's yeah. kind of even it, if you disagree with that's you know, yeah. that's kind of how things go yeah if yeah. you disagree with paying for the bus yeah. tough shit yeah your, your character would know that this is a weird thing to do they wouldn't think oh this is a, a disgrace on my civil liberties they yeah. think or maybe they would but that's the kind of thing depending on who they are yeah um so that's just something to consider when you're making npcs if you're making like a king or someone who if there's a protocol because your players know what that protocol is and how they're supposed to be. Um, so, NPC, occupation history. Uh, this is our tower commander. Yeah, what are we thinking? So, tower commander's a watcher. I reckon, let's go, like, full into this sort of, like, master archetype. This is the person that's trained them uh, since they got to the tower. They're in charge of the tower, and they're, they're literal. Like, they might not have trained them every day kind of thing. Because I, I, I thought we kind of decided that the towers were maybe run by, like, maybe three 
watches. Yeah, yeah okay. So maybe, it's, maybe it's even like a bit of a rung below. It's like the old, like the commander of their specific unit, maybe. Yeah, I quite like that. So like, like there's just like a group of people that are kind of like, yeah, this this one makes the decisions because yeah. they're the smartest of us. Yeah, and then they'll be like reporting up and stuff like that. But yeah, so yeah. they've trained the players. Um, maybe their personal history is what they were a watch or maybe they founded the tower. Yeah, I quite like the idea of like, it's this old lady, kind of like a, like a, not like a granny goodness like a good granny goodness. Sorry, granny goodness is like a bit of a is a dark side DC reference for those who know that. But like, I don't know. It's, yeah, <laughs> thanks. I don't Fuck know. I just me. quite like this silver-haired, this silver-haired older lady, quite short, quite dumpy. I was picturing like, like what, like quite cantankerous. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. picturing a little bit, but really sweet. You know, do- oh, okay, but cantankerous but sweet. I, I was, don't. You know what no, I, mean? I was I like picturing that. literally like a uh, a female version of you know um, dodgeball, the guy that trains him in dodgeball. Yeah, I was yeah. picturing like that, just like insane, but also very good at what she teaches. Yeah, a hundred percent. So old lady, um, she's been a watcher for a long time. Yeah, human or different race? Uh, I'm picturing her as a dwarf. Oh, I'm already sold. You say like, can- I'm, I'm literally already sold. You say cantankerous, yeah. I like dwarf. Or gnome. <laughs> <laughs> no, d- gnomes are too smiley. Yeah, I kind of like... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. What do you reckon? Dwarf or... I mean, we, again, we can go against type. I quite like dwarf. Dwarf? Yeah. Cantankerous old lady. Um, it's always cool to like... This, this is something I learned when I was writing is... Uh, what is it? Pirate with an eye patch, a wooden leg and a parrot. It's... The reason that you do that for your characters that you're writing is so that people remember it. So when you're giving descriptions, it's always good to give your NPCs something interesting mm-hmm. to remember them by. Like, you know, if I was to describe Morgan so that nobody would ever forget him, I'd say he wears glasses and he has a slight scar under his right eye. And that would be that everybody would be like, oh, okay. yeah, every time that's brought up. And then if you ever want to be like, there's a man in the bar with a scar on the, under his right eye, you'd be like, Morgan? <sighs> um just thinking for the history, we want to do like a one sentence of what the history was. So, okay. watcher from a young age. Um, watcher through and through, I quite like that. Watcher from a young age and is a watcher from a young age who rose through the ranks and, but then kind of um, trying to think of a good way of saying stopped where she got to. So, there's room to go up, but she went, I'm, this is where I'm happy. I'm happy in middle management kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She does, because if you go any higher, it becomes a bit more bureaucratic. She's at a level where she's like, I want to be training the recruits. She didn't want to go into the clergy, she wanted to be in the militia. Yeah, so and I feel like if you were gonna get any further in the Watcher ranks, you have to, you stop you stop going out and field missions, and you stop training, and what you start doing is preaching. So she's been a Watcher for two hundred years. Um, two hundred years. I was thinking because that makes yeah, probably dwarf. plus about two fifty. Uh, watcher for two hundred years. Oh, that's not that old for a dwarf, is it? Dwarves live uh, to about four hundred, so maybe yeah, three fifty. Three hundred fifty years. Um, right, rose through the ranks quickly, but wants to stay where she is. Cool. Cool. Um, All right, let's give her her little. What does she look like? Yeah, her little thing. So in my setting, dwarves are obsessed with being clean. Okay. So they bathe all the time. They take great pride in their beards being clean and braided. Oh, dwarves and female dwarves in this world have got beards. They can. Why not? I, all dwarves have beards. I'm very staunch on this. <laughs> um, so I'm happy. I'd love to have a beard. I'm picturing. So I like. I like the idea that dwarves take a lot of care in their appearance. Some people might think it's a bit rugged but it's they take pride in how they look even if it's rugged they've taken pride to get that exactly look. so they've got like a really well kept beard it's like people um, who do their hair to look like they've got bad hair yeah messy bun yeah <laughs> yeah but so, every hair is specifically yeah. chosen to be messy so i'm picturing her i'm uh, my first kind of image is uh she's got a gray white beard um and maybe like cropped practical Kind of like white bun a lot of the time. Okay. That's interesting because I saw 80s hair. What do you mean you saw 80s like hair? Like big, big hair that's like swept back in this wonderful sort of like hair sprayed like <laughs> large. Do you mean like the hair's bigger than her head kind of thing? So... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you could fit, like, a crown of heads in her okay, hair. Okay, okay. Yes, and she keeps stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Like pens. Contracts. <laughs> A beer, uh, and her, and I feel like I feel like because her, her hair's so silky and shiny and smooth, maybe her beard is also like the same, but it but it also like accentuates out. So she almost looks like Mufasa, you know, big eighties white hair that looks like a beard with the mane. That is a character trait for anyone. You you're never gonna forget eighties hair dwarf, and maybe no. her eyebrows. You know how like some people's eyebrows kind of like curl upwards rather than 
down yeah. around the skull. Like maybe her eyebrows kind of like curl upwards as well. Yeah. Like not into the hair, but almost towards it. As if like Absolutely. pointing, look at my Absolutely. hair. Absolutely. <laughs> and big curly eyebrows. <laughs> big upward eyebrows. Um, I was also picturing her with a fair amount of jewellery on her face. Yeah. Like, like beard yeah. full of it. Although now we've said she's got a big poofy beard rather than like cropped and braided. Um, I'm trying to think how else it would look. You could still, it could still be poofy with like decorated with rings and like she could maybe definitely have few, like a hairband as maybe well. Maybe a few braids are dropped through it yeah. with like um, beads and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What does she wear clothes wise? Very practical. Full metal? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Plate mail. Yeah. Always ready for a fight. What did we say the sigil of the tower was? The tower of the watch? Did what, we, the we didn't come up with a sigil, did we? Um, I imagine it'd be an eye. So I'm picturing full plate with shoulder pauldrons that have got eyes on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I reckon a lot of the party will have similar-ish stuff, maybe not as grand. Yeah. But she, I think the reason her stuff is grand is probably, it's probably not that grand. It's probably just super well looked after. Yeah. You know what I mean? If there was a scuff in a fight, she'd have polished that shit out straight away. Oh, yeah. Kind 100%. of vibe. If we're going with this cleanliness kind of vibe. 100%. I like that. Um, now it's good to think of abilities and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So what can this person do? So what the easiest way to do this, really? I mean, we can think of the six scores. You can go through that. I think the easiest way to do this is to maybe think of like a stat block to build it from. Yeah. It's like an archetype. So is she a knight? Is she yeah. a priest? Is she... I mean, I'm picturing champion. Yeah. Like that's the stat block I'm thinking of. I also, I would like to offer, I like making uh, NPCs light player characters. So that they have the abilities to do things like play characters can. Because then it also gives them a reason to be teaching. Yes. I, for practical purposes, I try not to give them too much because... Oh, yeah, that's a I lot of prep. Too much to think of. I'd much rather a stat block where maybe it's like... So, for example, I tend to give... That's the difference between you and me. But, like, 100% they're like, I'm a serial prepper. I will, yeah. I will spend hours... Creating sheets and sheets and sheets on D and Beyond. The reason I don't do that is because I find the delivery is either, for me, my perspective, either no better, yeah, or sometimes yeah. worse because I'm spending more time going, "Hang on, what the fuck can they do? What the fuck can they do?" Whereas if I've got a stat block where it's like, "Hey, they've got these five things they can do," I'm like, "Right, I've got five. Yeah, Realistically, yeah. the rounds go take three rounds anyway, turns. Yeah. I don't need to have that much. It's like three turns. You can do this, and this is what she will do. I only do it for players that I think they're going to get into combat with or might get into combat. To be fair, yeah. usually, usually important things, but yeah. No, you're 100% right. When it's kind of just doing things, it's always nice to go, like, find a champion or find, like, a, a veteran. Yeah. Stuff like that. Really um, quick and easy way to do that. Yeah. But I think whatever stat plot we pick, we dial wise up. Yeah. she's. I feel like she's very wise. <laughs> fairly intelligent, but that's not where her strengths lie. No, I think she's it's a, definitely a wisdom. A wise, strong dwarf. I think, I think she would be considered a fighter if you were going to make her a class. Yeah. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? That kind of, like, really really focusing in on bettering themselves through combat champion stats but with uh high wisdom yeah high Um, wisdom high strength because i think i imagine a champion's got high strength as it is probably don't need to check it's fine but yeah so yeah it's just this is a rough estimate and you would have to tailor it and things and we would to be fair like i do like i said i really like creating sheets for npcs i really like creating those kinds of things but you can just find them on DD beyond or whatever book that you've got at the time and just go from that or find a homebrew thing what do we reckon is her lowest stat uh probably dex yeah i don't see her as being a dexy character she takes her exactly she stands out she's like if you can get through her armor well done yeah exactly if you do she can't get out of the way Mm -hmm. so i think that's so, yeah, I think definitely low decks. Yeah, I think she's probably like a medium charisma, nothing special, yeah. nothing special in intelligence, just like a nice high wisdom, high strength. Decent con. Nice. There's loads of really cool suggestions in the DMG as mm. well to look forward to, just to give like them extra things like they add mannerisms and uh, talents, and also they give you the idea of like creating personality stuff which I think is a really strong way with your NPCs. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely thinking... So I feel like the first thing I thought is like her talent would be fighting, but that's a bit bland. I think it'd be fun if she was like, yeah, obviously her talent's fighting, but she can also do something else. Hmm. So maybe she's like, um, she's not the most intelligent, but she's actually really good at research. But she can find stuff out really easily. So if the players need something, she's like, well, I can probably find it for you. I can't retain it, but yeah. I probably can find it for you. She knows people. She's connected. Yeah. Yeah. So her talent, she's lived a long life. Her talent is that despite her cantankerous attitude, she's got she, a lot of friends. She acquires friends quite easily. <laughs> I like that. 
I also like the idea that she knits. <laughs> of course she knits. She's a granny. I'm picturing her knitting her beard. <laughs> That's how she gets the braids in. Yeah. She's like... Uh, but yeah, um, any cool, like, mannerisms, like, maybe the way she speaks or, the, like, the things that she... Because, like, that's the thing is, like, one thing that you don't realise is that you have mannerisms. That you, If somebody said, oh, do an, can you do an impression of X, Y, or Z? Somebody will have an impression of you that is bloody accurate. Yeah. Like, my mate's impression of me is, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's accurate, right? Yeah, it was accurate. And it's scary to see it done to your own face. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like a light's been shot on you. Like, oh. Oh my God, that is my I'm whole that, personality summed up. Well done. In um, two, two sentences. I was picturing her walking with her with a limp. I don't know why. Like a bit of, like a picture with her, like a, she uses almost like a sword as like a cane or something. I was picturing her kind of like hobbling along. Yeah. But I don't know if that. I don't know. I think that takes away from her dangerousness, unless she can be dangerous. Like it's like almost like she chooses to walk with a limp. That's what I was thinking. Or even she's like, oh, I'm getting old. Or even like she, <laughs> she can kind of push through it. Yeah. But like it really, like um, it really takes it out of her. Yeah. Like after her, she she is ferocious in a fight, and the adrenaline keeps her going. But afterwards, she needs but a little it sit down. Wipes her out. Yeah, yeah I like that. Um, Maybe she always strokes her beard when she's talking. Yeah. You know, but like delicately. Not like yeah. a grabbing tufts of it, but like gently patting it still into place. Yeah. You know, like she's not she's not playing with it, she's flattening it. Strokes beard. Yeah. Absolutely. She's not playing with her hair, she's making sure it's staying in place. Yes, but it's still absolutely. clean. Maybe she always carries a comb with her. Do you know what I mean? So like whilst she's talking, she'll be like, hmm, and she'll just start combing her beard. Absolutely. I really like that. Nice. Uh, I think that's probably good. Limps, always tours her hair, always carries a comb. Yeah, cantankerous as a, as a oh. sort of personality trait. Um, I guess I guess it's good to start thinking about like what does she believe in, like ideals wise. Yeah. Um, I guess as a, as a watcher, I think she's probably one of the few that's like, no, if you see something bad happening, you you stop it. Yeah, that's probably why these advent these probably these this campaign is it's going to encourage the players to actually try to help because that's what she believes in and she's their teacher. So an ideal, I guess, would be that um, something like there's no need to watch if the um, end result is not intervening. Yeah, there'd be no point. Yeah, that's cool. There'd be no point in watching if you weren't going to do anything. That's cool. Maybe like that. uh, We watch so we can intervene. Yeah. yeah. Help, yeah. maybe, instead of intervene. We watch, yeah, I was going to say, because that's neutral. Whereas yeah. I, I'm picturing her as quite lawful good. I think she's lawful good. We watch so we can help. Yeah. I like that. Mm. In terms of, like, when you come in with a backstory, because it's always nice to have, like, reasons for these things as well, because then if it creates, like, a fuller picture. One of the things that I do like to do is kind of decide, like, little facts about NPCs. That way, it actually influences... The, the way that they speak and what they speak about because somebody who believes that you know that watching is there to be helped means that maybe they witnessed maybe when they were training as a watcher they're too many watchers watched to almost like chronicle yeah their their teacher their teacher was someone who wouldn't allow them they were they were taught to be perceptive not to be yeah you know i like i like the idea to the counter this is that they watch to learn and then advise people in the future. So yeah. they won't get involved. They'll watch the whole thing unfurl, write it down. Then the next time something comes, they'll be like, hey, just so you know, we have this text which shows how this has happened in the past. Yeah. They won't force them to do it. They'll just be like, be be mindful, be vigilant, be yeah. watchful, take this, and be aware of what will happen if you do this. If I you don't follow the course we've advised, we'll watch that as well. That's super cool. Is like a young, you can imagine her as a young dwarf when she was training, having to watch horrendous things and being like, why don't we just stop it? And mm. her teacher being like, well, because we're, we're not meant to. How would we know how bad this can get and warn against it in the future if we keep stopping yeah, it? Exactly. And she's like, you're a nutcase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't necessarily disagree. You, you, there's an argument that's yeah, correct. Exactly. They could be like, well, we, if, I'm not sure I would fall on this, but it's no. not a, 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 an evil position to go. No. But it influences her yeah, to be lo- like, because she's now like, I, what's the point in watching if we're not going to help? Interesting. And it really influences that decision because maybe, she was made to watch. Maybe she caused that schism within the watchers. Maybe originally they were all about 
writing down and observing and then she created that schism of like some of us now do get involved i think that might be like an interesting thing to drop of like the person that's trained them is the one that caused the interventions she's a bit of a legend yeah yeah that's cool um what else have we got so that's a really great ideal yeah uh in terms of bonds i guess i, I kind of see her as like everyone's my friend kind of vibe yeah that's her bond is like she's like well you know I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm here to look after everyone everyone's my friend until proven otherwise yeah yeah, well, I yeah, I like to think that she she's because I think she's I think people from a distance might get the wrong impression that she's quite rude and dismissive. Is but when she does talk to you, she's she like you say she's very um, benefit of the doubt. She's very much like oh, I don't know if that fits though because she's like because she's like I'll intervene. You feel like she wants to be quite. I want to make sure she's direct. Yeah. Maybe yeah, she's quite. Well, di- that's that's what I mean by like cantankerous. I quite like the. Are you eating? Mm. You make. You're making sure you eat. Very like, caring. Look, make sure yeah. that you look, but like to the to the extent of like, you know, you look you look thin. Why aren't you eating? You've lost weight. Have you been eating? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You're, oh, you've gone fat. Yeah, that- you've gone fat. Are you are you tra- are you not training anymore? Are you okay? You make sure you're training. Well? Have you uh, stopped training? <laughs> it, when it comes to a fight, you're gonna you're not gonna be able you're, to run away. For look, if you want to read books, <laughs> go read books. But don't stay here. I'm not. I'm not telling you what to do. Just but if you're staying here, I am telling you what to do. Yeah. I love that. Who you? Somebody said that you were getting married. Why haven't I met her? <laughs> you're, my, you're my boss. No, I'm, no. <laughs> I watch you. <laughs> I watch you. I watch over you. What's, what's the name of our organization? <laughs> the Watchers. Uh, and then why do you think I did not want to see this? I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's like your mum. Yeah. It's like your mum who means well, but just like doesn't know how to be like kind with her. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that typical, like you, you gain fat. Like, you know I'm, pic- like, I'm picturing like old that stereotype of like an old Italian nonna, which is like you're yeah. not eating enough. Eat more. Come yeah, on, yeah. what's wrong with you? Who uh, is this boyfriend you keep speaking of? Why haven't I met? Meets him? them is very severe. Then within minutes, is great friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, your teeth are disjointed. Give me your mouth. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. He doesn't brush his teeth. How could you be with someone that does not brush their teeth? teeth. Let me get you a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Here's the best toothbrush in all the land. <laughs> this is just for you. Now, you keep cleaning your teeth when you kiss my daughter. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Definitely. How do we boil that down? <laughs> uh, bonds. I think, I think uh, you know, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I think that's really... No, think, that's not right, is it? No. I care very... The, um, oh. I care strongly about everybody's well-being. <laughs> the, the, yes. <laughs> I was going to think like something like, um, once I know you are good, I will never see anything bad happen to you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, once you're in, you're in. Once, yeah. We need to think of a name because I was going to say, once you're, once you're, once you're so-and-so, it's your so-and-so's forever. It's like if she was like Bruhilda. It's like once you're, once you're Bruhilda's, you're Bruhilda's forever. <laughs> or once Bruhilda likes you or something like that. Uh, once family, always family? Yeah. Yeah. And she considers everyone that she likes as her family. Yeah, she's the very much like, oh, this is your cousin. She's like, you are neither my mother <laughs> nor related to them. What are yeah, you yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah. Auntie, auntie, we haven't actually given her a name. No, should we? Should we probably let's give her a flaw and then let's let's yeah. find the name yeah. based on all her uh, personality. Bond. Uh, anyone can be family. Anyone can cook. <laughs> Shut up. Well, it's a good writer yeah. reference. Yeah, it was a good. Was it a rat? Oh, yeah, it was a rat. I thought it was a Domier reference. <laughs> no, Domier's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone can cook. Bond. Um, if I trust that was the Bond, wasn't it? I was trying to think. I was trying to. Try, I'm trying. To, if I can trust you, your family, and I always protect my family. I think once family, always family is really nice because that suggests that if you fall, she's always there to pick you up again. Yeah, because that's innately good. Like I, I do feel like you know. She she sees your flaws. That's what makes her cantankerous. She sees your flaws and she tells the, you about them because she's warning you. Yeah. Don't slip up. Yeah. Always watch. Always be vigilant. But also, I love you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't get fat, but don't get too thin. No, I don't think it's even like fat. <laughs> I think she's very much like, your weight's changed. Are you okay? <laughs> like, are you okay? Like, yeah, yeah. yourself. Are you being vigilant? What is wrong? Vigil- it's not, are you okay? It's yeah. what is wrong? What is wrong? <laughs> she's she's already named yeah. that. This what is wrong? Yeah. You are sad. What is wrong? What is wrong with you? Like, I feel like... Be vigil- <laughs> what has happened? Be vigilant internally. Look yeah, at who exactly. you are. Make yeah. sure you're good inside. Are you sad? No. Then you are fat for no reason. <laughs> um, unless you're happy. Are you happy? We're fine. <laughs> you're happy, but you are less dexterous now. <laughs> if a dragon comes and breathes fire on you, you will struggle. <laughs> Make sure you can take it. You have more target area now. Just make sure you can take that hit. Make sure you wear your armor like I showed you. 
Uh, Are you wearing your armor? <laughs> Why aren't you wearing your armor? We're at dinner. Ah, it does not mean anything to me. <laughs> what if we attacked at dinner? Not saying that I will. She always sits across from a mirror so she can see behind her. <laughs> she sits in the corner of the room so she can see all the exits. Uh, you never know from where danger is coming. You must always be watchful. Yes, watchful. Well done. <laughs> Whenever you get a haircut, she's like, what have you done? What have you done to your beautiful hair? <laughs> you should let it grow like mine. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm very much... <laughs> I'm very much picture. I'm very much picturing her in like a quite a small hood, and then she takes it off, boom, <laughs> uh, hits someone who's the other side of her. Turns to be more vigilant. So they continues to walk. <laughs> you make deck saves every time she comes into the room. <laughs> I'll be blinded for one round. <laughs> I do like the idea. Whenever she walks past you, if you're tall enough, she like tickles your nose. <laughs> Sneezing. Anyway, flaws and secrets. It's a good way to like keep things oh. interesting, isn't it? Uh, I think her uh, her bond could be a flaw. She's blind to those that she's family with. That kind of once family, always family means she. So I- even if someone is irredeemable, she won't think they aren't. Like if, or maybe it's kind of like, you know, one of your watchers has committed a crime. No, they haven't. They'd be ridiculous. They yeah, they would do, never. Do they wouldn't that. do that to me. Yeah, yeah. That's really nice. That's a sweet flaw. Yeah, like it's awful, but it's true. I quite. Somebody actually said to me once, like every every character in your game should have a secret because that makes them more human. Yeah. Something that they don't want anyone else to know, which I really like. So I do think that we should have a flaw and a secret for them. Yeah, just about herself. It might. You know what I mean? It's most secrets are usually about herself, or it could be about someone else. I think a flaw is like do you I, know. Oh, I trust family implicitly. Yeah. So go on. I would say maybe her secret is is that she does know that maybe there is a rogue watcher. And she knows he, they exist, and she was the one that trained them. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't do that to me kind of thing. It could even be, yeah, yes. After that example, nobody would ever do that to me again kind of thing. She's like, or even like... Is that right? Or is that too, I'm is trying, that too oxymoronic? I'm trying to, I think, I don't think that would be her secret. I think that would be fun to reveal later that there is an NPC that because of her flaw is out there doing shit. And she would never think it was them. Because she, she, people Regardless maybe, of the evidence. Maybe she just heard rumours. She's like, it cannot be. I refuse to believe it. He's such a good boy. I think a secret, he always eats his dinner. I think a secret would be something like that. You know, we were talking about how like she saw things happening and she never got involved. I think her secret would be that she saw something truly atrocious that she didn't intervene with. And she knows that if she had got involved, it wouldn't have happened. So something like, I don't know. Well, maybe that's something that ties in later on during the campaign. I yeah. think that's some that's something important is that like maybe um maybe there's someone's you know like cuz cuz we've said there's multiple lords and multiple barons so maybe she was witness to one of these barons and lords doing something abhorrent mm. and she has the proof cuz she wrote it down cuz she was made to write it down so she has proof yeah, proving he, that this this yes. baron or this lord has specifically done something atrocious. Yeah, but why would she keep that secret at this point? That would be my only thing. I feel like something's happened that she can't, like, that the individuals now, there's nothing she could do about it. Maybe she, because she's ashamed of it. Because that's why. She never got involved. Well, yeah, oh, she's so, a, yeah, it's so a deep She knows they shame. did it. Yeah. And she also knows that she could have stopped it. She, she was doesn't. there. She was yeah. like, not, not like a little bit. She was there in the room. Yeah. And she saw it coming. Yeah. She saw it come in, she was there in the room, and she did nothing. And she watched as it happened, and then did nothing about it subsequently afterwards. And it's her deepest shame, because what she tells everyone is whenever you see evil, store it. And she she lives by that, and effectively she didn't do it. Uh, so she yeah. saw a noble do something horrible, and my classic phrase, we'll worry about what it was later. Uh <laughs> Yeah, because you know, what I mean that that is that is something that you would tie into a you know, what I mean, one of these barons or one of these lords that they're going to take down, and she could have stopped it. Yeah, and this could have been like I reckon this could be could be hundreds of years ago. I was going to say this could be when she was a young watcher. Yeah, she's been training for people for years, hundreds of years now. I felt this was when she was a young watcher when she started watching. So now she's like, well, I can't do anything about it now. They're dead. There's no point in me actually doing anything. But then you could do. I don't know, you could, like they're actually a vampire or they're immortal or something. Well, about. you know what I mean. Even if it, even if what the actual secret is for her is that she watched something horrible happen, but within that secret is a point or a fact that needs to be revealed. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So we can worry about what that is. Because it could just be a missing person. 
Yeah. Something like that. Just she's the missing point of that story because everybody knows something happened, but nobody was actually there apart from her. Mm. So she knows exactly what happened and who was there and who witnessed it. And once that's revealed, then it gives it gives more credence to what's going on mm. in the current campaign. And she won't reveal it for her own shame. Yeah. Oh, she's yes. deeply ashamed of it. Cool. Or I mean again we can toy with it because I'm start, starting to think now she was there and then like she was she knows that if she does reveal anything that like her entire tower will be taken out or like she's like maybe the lord that was there that was like you've seen this and if you there's nothing you've done it's happened you can do it's happened now if you try and if you tell anyone x will happen so now it's not only just she's ashamed it's also that she's worried about others getting hurt if she reveals what it is maybe she's dealing with somebody far far above her as well mm. so it's one of those things oh shit maybe they're another. a watcher huh maybe they're a watcher oh shit Maybe they're a fucking watcher. That's why she trains her babies. That's why she did the Splinter Group. Yeah, and that they are they 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 are all were a watcher. Yeah, and she's like, I, I cannot reveal because it'll rip this all apart. The greater good is more important than him being taken out. The like watcher that. as a whole does a good thing. He did a foul thing, not against. But the- if we, if people found out about us, it would change our whole dynasty. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a good. Well, there you go. We don't have to worry about it later because we know now. Nice, awesome. So that's pretty much like her. A, I think that's a really good NPC. The only thing we don't have is her name. Oh, yeah. Although FantasyNameGenerator.com, please. Yes. <laughs> good point, actually. They're, they are your friend, and you should use them. That's so what I use all the time. If you have access to a computer whilst you are making, when you're DMing. I mean, most people have a phone as well. Yeah. Yeah, with like Wi-Fi um, and stuff. But because sometimes you have to wait a little bit and get it set up. I yeah, saw a really course. good piece of advice, which is to have a list of 100 names. Yep. And hundred surnames. Yeah. So they fly you can go duh, duh, and draw them like look at two names and grab them. I have a list of names specifically for those you'd find in the abyss for oh, yeah. out of the abyss. So I've got a list of Duragar names and Drow names that I just crossed off as I used them. And I've got a list of every pretty much every player character race in another document as and I slowly That's started really crossing them off. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it's it's again it takes a little bit of prep, but it makes the game easier. I have taken into a new kind of way of doing that, which I, I quite enjoy. It is a little bit time-consuming and can kind of slow down gameplay, but whenever my characters meet a new NPC, they, they just want to meet... They're like, you know, oh, we're looking for a blacksmith. Can we find a blacksmith? I'll be like, yeah, okay, roll me a D10. And on fantasy name generators, the line is nine and five down. So if they roll an, a 10, oh, yeah, then yeah, it's re-roll. Yeah. Uh, so they go across the line. Then they roll me a D6. And if it's between one and five, it's one of the races if it's a six they re-roll again and that's how i generate npcs uh names because and and npcs and i just sort of like on the fly give them like a a look like i remember i got a herring gun um called radon and i just decided that they were missing an ear they had a nasty scar Aww. across their face and it went all the way up to their ear so they're missing an ear oh but it but instantly they were like oh do you know what I mean? There was a story, story there, yeah, and there was a bit of, and that's the nice point of like giving, you know, giving your pirate a parrot and an eye patch and a, and a missing the, leg. The amount of NPCs I have just made up, and I, you know, this is a really good thing, actually, just briefly, yeah, yeah. just briefly thing on monsters as NPCs. I, if you have like six orcs, it's yeah. hard to keep track of who those six orcs are. So I always have orc missing an eye, orc with a, like a uh, like, I don't know, like missing like golden teeth, like it's, and then you can keep track, and then your players were like, oh, I'd like to attack the one that looks like this, and you were like, yeah, absolutely, I know who you're talking about, and I have them written down on my little pad. So if you give your NPCs those traits, uh, like you're the, the fighting, even just on the fly, being like, oh, this one's got an eye patch, this one's got a peg leg, you're like, I can, your players can choose who they're directing their fury towards, and it's easy for you to mentally keep track of them rather than orc one, orc two, orc three. That's a really, that's a really useful thing to do. I might start thinking like that more because usually i i do it on the fly because i do it off of like their hit points um if i've pre well as i'm as i'm like creating encounters sometimes i will mess around with hit points so some are weaker and some are weedier and some are stronger yeah and then i'll say there's an orc who looks pretty big and that and that's kind of like the extent of that but that's a really nice that's a really nice tip thank you very much i might yeah, start no, using it's, that it's actually. good it, it helps me a lot yeah, I usually just write one, two, three, four, five, six, and then because of where I've put them, I know which yeah, ones are. That's know, how one I often six. do it, and then sometimes they move. And I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, no. <laughs> I've lost. And it. I, I kind of just somewhat represent weaker and stronger 
guys, I'll have like the six orcs written down and I'll just assign the damage wherever because it's like, oh, well, this one will be able to take more hits or whatever. So it's yeah. like the general pool doesn't change, but you're kind of, you're like, oh, well, the fact that this one was hit really easily just means they're a weaker one. This one was stronger because less damage went to them and whatnot because I think that's quite fun. Um, it, yeah, we'll talk about that in more combat-related yes, episodes yes. later because, yeah, I've got some thoughts about how to do that yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, so let's come up with a name for our our granny watch. <laughs> I like... Oh, I said one earlier. Brumhilda. Brumhilda. Or Bethel. Granny Brum Brum. <laughs> Fanny Brum Brum. Sounds like a hag. Yeah? Granny Brumhilda. Yeah, Granny Brum Brum. <laughs> I, as Granny Brumhilda, hate the people call me Granny Brum Brum. Brumhilda. Granny Brumhilda. Yeah. Brumhilda... Brum Brum. Um, Brumhilda... Uh, Stern... Sternglare. Or Sternglance? S- I don't know. Stern sight. Yeah. That's very much too close to like describing who she is. But that's what dwarves have. Oh, do we their do last do names? Yeah, last yeah, okay. names pretty much like I describe their clan. I thought it Yeah, they're what, are they all stern gazers? Well, I, I feel like she would have taken a new clan name when she became a watcher. Oh what, made her own clan? Yeah, I kinda like okay, yeah. I kinda like the the idea that she believes that this family she's creating is her clan now. Yeah, I like that. So maybe she was from a clan once. But she's, you know, as a young woman, decided that she wanted to be a watcher, mm. and then forsook her family name. Maybe they were, you know, architects or smithies. Hardstair. Hardstair. Cool. Brumhilda Hardstair. Nice. I like that. I like Brumhilda Hardstair. Granny Brum Brum. Granny Brum Brum. Oh, you little kids always calling me Brum Brum. You little. I'm not a fucking car. I'll <laughs> fucking have you. I'll fucking have you. Why aren't you eating? <laughs> Why aren't you? At- Oh, we kill this a dwarven kiss and she had butts. <laughs> dwarven kiss. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, um I think there's a we were gonna kinda like talk about the optional rules as well about loyalty and how to track that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um in terms of like the optional rules for loyalty, the more cool stuff you do, the more you track how loyal an NPC is to you. Yeah, so the the I, I was gonna say the bad book rule, but I'm gonna just say what I use. So I like I do I think I do different to the book, but the system I like to use is that we have my NPCs and everyone starts at ten loyalty. Right. And when something happens to that NPC that is good or bad, um if you and I would say you can go up by as a, can change by as little as one or as much as four, and that means that you can either be like, okay, okay, so I think this NPC's opinion of this will be affected by one point, or you can randomize it. So you're like, I'm gonna roll a D4 because I don't really know how they'll be affected. I'll roll a D4. Ten is perfectly neutral. Ten is like they don't dislike them, they don't like them, they're just like as they are. One is that they may plot to kill them. Twenty is that they will die for them. And that can kind of go up or down. That's cool. Um, I think I, I think the book has a different system. The book has like different numbers of D4s depending on the severity of the situation, which is also quite interesting. That's um, cool. The one I don't like in the book is that it means their, their loyalty is tied to their charisma, which I don't think makes any sense personally. No. Um, so I just like scale of 1 to 20, roll D4s depending on how much you think they'll be affected by this. If it's 1, you've then got an NPC that may actively work against the party. 20, you've got an NPC that will die for them if you if they come in as an enemy perhaps they're already at like one two or three if they come in as like oh my god you're my hero maybe they're at like 18 19 20 kind of region yeah i quite like that i i use because because we were doing strixhaven together and you know having the like the rules for that for having like friends and stuff Mm. what i quite like the idea of is using minus numbers and plus numbers and starting at zero being like, you know, somebody's ambivalent to you at zero. Oh, yeah. And the reason I like the idea of adding the pluses and the minuses is because um, as a function, what I've done with a few players when they've talking to someone who they like and who like them, and they've got maybe like a plus two friendship with, is giving them a plus two to yeah, all their insight roles and plus two nice. to all their persuasion roles. That is quite because nice. Because it's a way for the players to see, oh, I've got a plus two, so now when I'm persuading this person to help me, I'm actively using what I've earned. That's interesting. So do you tell them their loyalty scores? Yeah. Because I keep it behind the screen. No, I've been, tell- I- I've been telling them. If they've got a minus, I've not told them because... Yeah. As far as they're aware, they just don't like... They usually got a minus with someone because they don't like them, but what they don't realise is that person also does not yeah, like them. because I quite like... I have... I keep my loyalty quiet because I keep a lot of stuff behind the screen Yeah, to add to the atmosphere because I quite like the idea that once a character gets to one, 
they have no idea because if it's a sneaky cat NPC, they have no idea that they dislike them. Maybe they're trying to pretend they like them the whole time. The players have no idea until eventually they wake up. I was going to say they wake up with a knife in the back. They wake up in the city of judgment because <laughs> yeah. they have fucked up. They're dead. Yeah. No. I. I think I've. I've got one NPC that is playing the characters, but I've kind of made that a bit different in my head so that because the because the NPC isn't is pretending to be friends with them, then their loyalty is kind of it's a sham. Yeah. And the the bonuses they they still get to use the bonuses. And the player character, you know, the NPC will be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then it kind of makes the reveal that they were evil all along. Or, you know what I mean? It makes that reveal a bit more, it it feels a bit more like betrayal. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I quite quite like that idea. Though they are quite good at seeing through me. (laughs) You are transparent. Well, also just like, it's plot hooks, isn't it? So like, they're following plot hooks. They're just being good players, essentially. Yeah, in, I'm not going to say which it is, in case anyone of my adventures is listening, but in one of my groups, I've managed to insert a NPC who is working against the party. Nice. It's always nice. It's yeah. always nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's an optional rule. Like, I think the thing with Homebrew is D&D's there as a game, yeah. and it's flawed, and it has, you know, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing game, but it, it's got a lot of stuff to that's not great so your job as the dm is to make it great for everyone yes and um, if something's not working don't be afraid to say look we tried this out but i want to change it a little bit because it's not working you know what i mean all the best dms do it. i mean look at fucking matt matt mercer working on those whole bloody classes and subclasses for people to play in yeah. game do you know what i mean those games weren't just like all right we've done it once and now we're gonna leave it no like it was a serious like trial and error and a trial by fire and i like that i like that about D D is is yeah. being like it's moldable yeah um i like i i always say to people that a lot of because i often see online discourse around the lack of rules that didn't like oh there should be a rule for this and oftentimes there are they're in the dog like yeah. i just said they're as good for inspiration as they are for following so the loyalty track i was like oh a loyalty track is a really good idea this aspect of it makes no sense to me so i'm not going to use it but you've got stuff to build on so one thing i really want to do in the dmg which we'll talk to you when we get to like optional rules later in a much later episode <laughs> is gritty realism Ooh. so a short rest is a night's sleep and the long rest is seven days because I like that because that means that you can do those kind of like those long journeys, which are like, you know, harrowing hard camping. It makes them a lot harder because it's like you can have an encounter a day and it still be rough with your wizard still going, hey, look, I have not got many spells for tomorrow. They can't waste them all on one encounter knowing that if they sleep, nothing else will come. Um, I don't know how that works. The only thing I can work out is how that works on a small scale adventure, like in a dungeon, because dungeons tend to be built around the idea that you do have a lot more encounters, so it would be lethal. So I don't know if it'd be the case of doing that in different situations. It'd be balancing your encounters is what that would be, is throwing more smaller things rather than larger things. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that wizards do have is a lot of versatility in terms of spellcasting. It's not all about damage. Actually, it encourages wizards, you know, if you create a dungeon that encourages wizards to use spells like knock or fly yeah. and featherfall, those things are a bit more uh, interesting than, oh, what do you do today? Well, I've got a thousand you I, know, spell slots, so I'm just going to fireball. I cast Kablamo and I kill everyone. I guess another nice thing to just touch on of what you were saying uh, just to just go back on is like how you're talking about NPCs as monsters and not all monsters are evil which I really like and and it's it's fun to do the same thing with your monsters as you do with your um NPCs because you know there's there's really great NPCs that I I love introducing to people where you're like oh you see this horrific troll and he's a chef do you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's nice, yeah, and they've introduced yeah, yeah, yeah. what the new one in the Rock of Baal, a black black or something in the Spelljammer campaign. I haven't read it. Oh, there's like a cool, there's like a like a better Xanathar. He's called Luigi the Beholder, and he and he owns so a bar, good. and he just like he just likes chatting with people. So good, and oh, he's so information. Stupid. It's great. Yeah, no, Luigi. I'm not- the beholder. Uh, yeah, I, I think that is fun. Like again, it's like I said, playing against type. Yeah, mind yeah. flayer captain of a ship who's just a good mind flayer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
playing against what your players are expecting is always always a good laugh because everybody knows these names as you know now because yeah. of stranger things and stuff but but it's also nice to like introduce some evil monsters and then introduce some good monsters because mm-hmm. you know giants as well uh uh not necessarily evil or good they're actually very you know very multifaceted and the same with yeah. dragons yeah absolutely they're, they're creatures that are sentient and have a serious understanding of the world that might be even more interesting and more intelligent than yours. Well, speaking of dragons, it's really interesting because I have... So, D&D, you've got chromatic dragons evil, gem dragons neutral, uh, metallic dragons good. Yeah. And that is more or less the same in the setting I've got, except that because there's they have a spiritual connection to their god, like it's like they cannot. Some of them managed to sever it, but most of them haven't. So they're very strongly aligned to it. And because of that, most of the dragons people will encounter will fall into those broad three categories. Yeah. But because I've got an in-game reason as to why that is, they can come across a good green dragon and they can be expecting an evil dragon who is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's fine. Yes, I shapeshift and I'm a bit canny, but it's usually to help people. I'm no longer tied to Tiamat. I severed myself from her. So it's good to have, like you say, you can have like stories around why those expectations have been broken. I think yeah. it's quite fun. Like, explain it. And really ramp up that as well. Like, feel free to be like, yeah, all dragons are evil. But here's a good one. All the literature, yeah. all the literature said, I mean, remember, once upon a time, all the literature said that um, black people were less intelligent than subhuman. <laughs> once upon a time, <laughs> yeah, no, true, that's yeah, what yeah. literature said. And if you read books, that's what it would tell you. Yeah. That was categorically incorrect. And you can, it's the, just because people are saying it's the case does not mean that is the case. Yeah. Because um, somebody wants to influence your worldview doesn't mean you have to believe them. Exactly. And I think that's, a, it's, it's, your characters in your world are very likely to believe the stuff they've just been told because, oh, well, people are far more intelligent than me have read this. So mm. it must, it must be true, which yeah. makes that kind of reveal of like, oh my God, a terrifying dragon is like, no, it's just a guy named Bill. Max making cookies. Yeah. You want to come in? I like it. I like it. It's one of those things that like, it it subverts expectations as well and it's just it's about it's about showing that you know maybe we don't understand everything i do you know uh, to, not to get philosophical or anything but like D is a really good way to reflect life like it's, oh yeah it's such a it's such a random game where you literally play with fate yeah you know what i mean dice rolls dictate whether or not you can and can't do something and and unfortunately in life sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are at something fate will take over and mm. you will fail or you will succeed the stats on your page will be like you know oh i should be able to hit this yeah well, well maybe you won't maybe that won't yeah, maybe you just missed today yeah sorry don't know why but you did you failed and i think yeah i think that's you know play your game however you want as well like there's the you know the point of D is to feel like heroes but like we were kind of talking about the alternate rules of the gritty realism then you know what i mean maybe all your npcs are just the worst maybe everyone in your world is just the worst and maybe you've got one or two nice npcs or maybe it's the other way around maybe the world is populated by people who are very open thinking and very open-minded and everybody gets along you know all the bonds and ideals of everyone is very much like a multicultural setting where tieflings are accepted and orcs and elves get along or you know, maybe they don't. Yeah. My setting is orcs. Everyone thinks orcs are fine. Everyone's really suspicious of elves. Yeah. Like orcs are just really big, muscular guys that came down from the mountain. There was a bit of conflict at the start, but now orcs are generally fine. Elves, though, mm, weird elf and magic. No, thank you. Yeah. Something like that. Trixie best. Off you pop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like you, there's loads of stuff you could play, which is really funny because some players re- either receive that. I was like, oh, that's fun. Or. I have to relearn everything. <laughs> it's like I can't just see Hobgoblin go evil. I have to go yeah. Hobgoblin go nuanced thought. What? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of like the the difference between playing with a new player and the difference between playing with someone who's played D and D a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And your your world that you're building for people. I think we kind of talked about this in the session zero episode, but you know that's the discussion to have with the players before you even start. You explain the world to them, yeah. and then they choose whether or not they want to play this game. Or you yeah. choose whether or not you want to play that game with them as well. Like, maybe maybe you should just change some things here and there so that the game is more enjoyable for everyone, yeah. not just for you or not just for them. I love having it evolve as well. I yeah. love the idea of having, like, like I said, my setting, like, everyone's suspicious of elves, but having an elf in the party, which does great things, and you can see slowly in certain corners of the world, the attitude shifts and changes. is quite a fun thing to play That with. That is something really important about NPCs as well, is, like, I love letting players change NPCs. Like, one of the coolest things that we could do with um, Granny Broom Broom is making it so that she actually accepts that maybe all her children aren't good. Yeah, 
that would be it'd be heartbreaking but you know having that conversation in character would be one of the best role play moments you'll ever have in game yeah it would be beautiful you know i took i took an npc in one of my games that um all the players found really annoying and one of the players just finally went up to them and went why are you like this and rolled a decent like persuasion insight check and they became friends and that npc is now a little less arrogant and a little less cocky you're this is the same advice I think we'd probably give. I don't know if you have, but if you could be given a D&D 101 for player characters, is that you let your character change. Yeah, yeah. And same with your NPCs, let them change. Think You have changed as a person. Things will affect you. No, I've are. always been perfect. Uh, <laughs> when did that stop? Uh, <laughs> um, but like you, people change, things are affected, and let your NPCs be affected by the world they're in and what happens. And let, and as just as much as you should let your your own player character that you're playing be changed because they're but I know you'll hear conversations of people being like, Oh, but this is not how I saw my character. It's like, yeah, but maybe the world's just changed them. Like they're not going to be the same person forever. That's not how how the world works. Yeah. And on that note, I don't think we've got time to do another NPC to be fair. No, I think but I feel like we've given a good example of how to make one. Yeah. I think you'll have to wait till the next episode and then we'll talk about some other villainous schemes (laughs) 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 anyway I've been Niall I've been Morgan and we'll see you next time bye Thank you for listening to the show, and if you enjoyed, please leave a review as it really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair, and if you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head to our littlelionslayer.co.uk, where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Our next episode will be released on the 24th of October, and until then, brave adventures.